Social Strategy Podcast, episode number 22. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. As a business owner, you know how important it is to have a mobile website. Duda Mobile is going to take care of that for you. They can convert your current site in just a couple minutes over to a fully functional, fully mobile responsive website. Go out to dudamobile.com and enter in promo code ROSS15 to save $15 on an annual subscription. Hey guys, what's going on? I had so much fun recording this episode We actually talked about 20 minutes before and 20 minutes after the interview. It was fun. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where I made a mistake right at the beginning of the of the podcast. And it's kind of funny. And I'm glad that my guest and my buddy has a good sense of humor. Anyway, I'm going to get right into it. I'll catch you guys on the back end. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Vernon Ross and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best of online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. And today, got a buddy of mine I met at New Media Expo back in January and where we all got sick and nasty coughs and and everything else. Uh, Toby Salgado, Salgado is one of those guys that you meet and you, you don't really know what's up with Tony when you first meet him. He's just laid back, like just guy's guy, you know, fun to talk to, outgoing, just a a really easygoing guy. You would have no idea that this guy is like a self-made millionaire. You just wouldn't know it just to talk to him. He's got, you know, he's founded all these different companies. He's an angel investor in real estate. And now he's running a top-rated podcast with over 30,000 downloads a month called Super Agents Live, where he interviews top agents from around the country in real estate and what they're doing in their businesses that are successful. Not only is he doing that, but Tony knows how to look at an opportunity, seize on it, and then actually capitalize on it. So I thought he'd be a great guest. Tony, welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast. Hey, Vern, thanks for having me on. And by the way, man... uh, I can't believe you botched that that intro because my it's Toby. You always call you <laughs> always I, call me Toby. Do I, did I say Tony again? You did. You Damn did like it. three times. That's all right. I know you know my name, but I want to make sure everybody else does too. So it's Toby. But yeah, hey Vern, thanks for having me on for sure. Uh, no problem. Uh, yeah, I suck. <laughs> I don't no, know. Hey, you got to change your name to Tony, man. It's just- I know. I know. Tr- trust me. I get. You know, I get tons of. You know, it, like people listen to my podcast for an hour, and then I'll they'll they'll leave a review on iTunes, and they'll say thanks, Tony. I'm like, okay, man. So anyhow, no big deal. Yeah, and I'm looking at your name, and I'm like, Tony. I know. I, 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 knew I, you do were. It, I do it myself, and I'm like, oh, oh, wait, I got to stop doing that. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's. <laughs> right. Oh man, so what's going on? You know, man. You know, it's it's uh, it's Monday out here, and uh, usually I cite Monday for my show. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is the day that I do interviews. So, um, so today I'm doing interviews, and I'm actually, as we talked about in our sort of pre-chat, I'm really trying to figure out, you know, uh, how to uh, dig into Facebook ads and how to more quickly build my list as well as uh, my show. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We should get into a little bit of uh, Facebook ad discussion. Because I, um, it's it's interesting to me when you when you start talking about Facebook and guys to let you know we're gonna go all over the board. I've got a bunch of stuff I want to talk to Tony about, Toby about. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Okay. <laughs> that I want to talk to Toby about, and you know, with Facebook ads, it's interesting when you start looking at boosted posts versus you know just buying a regular Facebook ad and driving traffic to it, but the engagement is the thing that confuses me because I, I was, I've been experimenting with a couple posts. So I had one and I did one uh, about the podcast and I got, you know, 28,000 people saw this post impressions. Yeah. Impressions, but yeah. six clicks right now I could drive, I could go higher and spend more money. I mean, that only costs four bucks. So, I mean, it wasn't like I spent a lot of money on it, but what's been your experience? It's been just that, right? So, so um, I mean, a couple things, right? So I'm trying – for me – and look, I am by no means a Facebook 
ads expert or I'm a, a super newbie guy. Okay. <clears throat> but so I've been playing with, um, with reach and with audience, right? So the more vague I, because I, you want to, for me, I want to optimize impressions. I want to optimize clicks and I want to optimize for the cheapest cost, right? <clears throat> so I've been playing with getting super, super targeted in my audience. And I have found that right engagement will increase, but so will the cost. So anyhow, yeah. So obviously if there's Facebook ads, you know, uh, uh, putting it in the, in the stream. Um, yeah, I'm playing around. So I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with the same stuff you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's um I don't know. I I've I used to be able to do this really easy, but once Facebook changed the logarithm as far as, you know, who sees your stuff and when they see it, I've just not been able to rank a page up very quickly and I never really concentrated on my own. It was always for clients. So getting likes wasn't a big deal. You just you know, you run a few ads, you get a few thousand likes and everything's good. But it is now changed and I haven't figured yeah. it out yet. Yeah, yeah. And I've been playing with the other thing, too. Like, so to get likes, I can say, hey, like, you know, click like if you like my my podcast. Right. And I'll get a certain amount of of likes or click like if you like real estate. Right. In general. Right. And that so I've been playing with that. Now, certainly that's that's there's likes for likes sake. Uh, but then there's also likes for, you know, they're actually targeted likes, people that you actually want in your audience. And right now, again, I've play, been playing with both because for so, you know, I want for, in terms of likes for like sakes, right? I, I would love to have, I only have about a less than 400 likes on my page today. Now, I would like that to be 4,000. I'd like that to be 4,000 solely for the for the fact that, you know, that's social proof, right? If I get 4,000 likes, people, whether it's the people I want to have on the show uh, or people later that I want to sell my product to, you know, they see 4,000 likes. They're like, okay, this is, you know, this people like this. It's real. It's legit. Uh, it's valuable. But those four, if I say, hey, click if you like real estate, you know, the, those none of those people may buy one of my products. <laughs> right. So now you, you're also currently still in real estate as a, an, an angel investor. How does that work? What do you what do you do? Well, no, I'm just like, I'm just an investor. So so, you know, part of my story is, uh, you know, way back it, in my intro, you mentioned that that, uh, you know, I'm I am good at like, look, seeing opportunities, right? Seeing windows of opportunity for things. Yeah. And that's and my whole career has been built on that. Now, the deal is that's all well and good. But when there's a window of opportunity and then I go exploit that invariably, right, those are market conditions that have, have set up to create this window of opportunity. Now, what happens is market conditions change. And when market conditions change, that that even though I've jumped through that window, that opportunity evaporates. So one of the things, you know, back in back in 09, right, if you remember Lehman failed in 08, yeah. banks were failing left and right. Everybody had this, this uh, real estate, you know, bad debt on their books. Everybody was running away from real estate. And I went the opposite way. I ran right to it. So uh, so one of the things that we did, we found a uh, me and three other guys. One of the other things I do, Vern, I don't know if we can talk about this later, is I, I'm really good, right, to, to pat myself on the back, but I'm good at validating the opportunity prior to, to throwing money at something. For the most part, I'm 90% of the time, I find a deal, I find an opportunity, I validate it, and then I throw my money and energy at it. So um, we found a deal. This is going back to 2009. Mm -hmm. uh, again, and nobody wanted in real estate a, uh, a builder uh, uh, right out of, uh, of Sacramento, California. A builder uh, was going bankrupt, and they were going bankrupt on a portfolio of land, it was they owed seventy three million dollars on it, and it was uh, it was sixty six houses, uh, five hundred and twenty five fully developed lots. I mean, it was like everything undergrounds are in, asphalt's in, put sticks up and go. Um, you know, all the grading's been done, right? All the fire hydrants are in, um, and four hundred and twenty paper lots. So this builder owed seventy three million dollars on that, and we uh, we got we bought it for three point two million bucks. Wow! So we got yeah, so we got that, and we ended up you know selling that off. We actually ended up selling that back to the builder uh, a few years later, um, the same builder who, who went chapter eight on it. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And then, so uh, for me, like once we did that with a portfolio, I started, I took some money and I started doing that. Uh, I took a million dollars of my own personal money, not, not sort of a, we had a fund before that, but, uh, and I went out and bought onesie twosies. And, you know, what I did was, uh, again, banks didn't want this stuff. I would looked at the, with a, with a piece of property, Vern, um, the, the, the municipality, the city that you live in will assess that, right? That's what they make you pay taxes on. And they give you two assessment values. They give you, 
an assessed value on the land, and then they give you an assessed value for the structure. Um, so what I was doing, I was seeing these these pieces of property they had that the banks now, you know, they took back through foreclosure, and I was offering them uh, the land value. So basically, I was saying, hey, you know, I, that's how I came up with my numbers. I knew that if I if they took the land value and and sold it to me. Uh, for that amount, I knew I was getting the the house for free or the structure for free, and in my mind, I, no matter what, you know, no matter how bad the 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 uh, climate for real estate was, I couldn't go wrong with that. So that's what I did. I went out and I, I you know I bought one, I bought two, and the next thing you know, I had I had like twelve. So so for me, I still have some of those. I have a I have a little ranch out here. You know, I'm in San Diego, right? Very very city. Um, but I have a little, uh, a little uh, equestrian uh, property uh, where it's got a little, you know, it's got a house and it's got another uh, big structure and it's got a um, uh, a place to ride the horses. I don't know what that's called, like a corral. <laughs> right. But, uh, um, so yeah, so I have a ranch and I have a piece of a, a commercial piece of property and then and then some other just regular single family homes. Nice. So how when you see an opportunity and somebody brings you a deal? Yeah. Or you know, actually, let me ask you this. So okay. you, we were talking about your podcast. And you just did a distribution deal. And I think it's interesting because when I when I saw you talk about it, and for everybody, we belong to a private Facebook group of podcasters where we all just geek out about podcasting all day. But uh, <laughs> Toby had, you know, posted this thing about a, a distribution deal that he did with a major, you know, realty distribution network. And I just thought it was interesting, number one, that you thought to think about a distribution deal and actually what that means and how you came up with the whole thing, approached it. I mean, how, how does that happen? Yeah, sure. And it's funny. I don't th- I don't know of anybody, anybody else that has done a deal like that. And again, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'll pat I mean, you on the back. Thanks, bud. But, you know, it, that comes – it's sort of natural for me, right? So, like – so one of the uh, – I'll, I'll approach that that question through this lens. So one of the things – one of the companies the, – the one company that I that really sort of put me on the map in terms of making money uh, is a company called – I went from high tech. Uh, we talked about this earlier. You know, I went from raising venture capital in Silicon Valley in the late 90s, you know, 98, 99, to low tech. So in 01, I, I, I went low tech because I saw an opportunity. I won't get into that. I want to focus on your – your, your question, but uh, it was basically a kind of a construction company, right? I didn't have a background; I'd never done it. But again, I saw this opportunity, and I jumped on it. Now, and 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 basically, it was called B and T Erosion Control, and it's something for the most part that is very specific to San Diego because all when we get a rain, we have uh, uh, we have holes in. I don't know. I don't know what the rest of the country looks like, mm-hmm. but basically, you know, water runs down the gutter and it runs into a hole. And most, uh, if you New York, I would imagine. It goes goes right to the sewer system. For right. us, it goes right to the ocean. So San Diego made a big push of saying, we want to keep our oceans clean. Um, so, so basically, this, this new industry started up. Now, I could have started that, and I did initially. I beta tested that with going to small builders and saying, hey, listen, you know, guys that were building one or two homes, and that, hey, you know, I'll do your erosion control. So I got some clients, and that was fine. But I soon realized that just like with any other company – for the most part, you go, you market yourself, you get a deal, right? You get a job or whatever you want. You get a deal. You do that deal. And then what do you do? You go look for another deal, yeah. right? And that's what marketing is for, right? Ideally, your marketing is working in the background and, 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 and transactions come to you. What I did with that company is I said, I don't want to do that. Uh, I went to the big builders who had, you know, who had multiple giant projects and I went and I didn't talk with the guys in the field. I went straight to we're straight to the top, right? I, I talked with a VP of purchasing at Syntex Homes, at KB Homes, right? The big publicly traded home builders and said, listen, let me manage your whole portfolio. This is what I can do for you. So basically I went, I sold it once, and all of a sudden, right, I, I'd get a million dollar deal. And then and when they, they're like, hey, Toby, in, in three months, we're starting this new project over here. Go take a look at it. And it, it wasn't like go bid on it. It was like Go get familiar because you're going to do it. So basically, I made one sale and business came to me from those. You know, it's just a business to business sort of approach. When I started this podcast, you know, I can go out and I can, I can you know, uh, do a show like this and tap into your big audience. Or I can go and, you know, market on Facebook and get pick up onesies, twosies. Or I can go to a big platform, you know, uh, in the particular, you know, like a, like a Yahoo, for example. And I'm actually working on Yahoo uh, to try to, to, you know, try to get into the real estate section. Um, but so that's what I did. So I went to, it's NAR, the National Association of Realtors, and said, listen, you know, your whole audience are, uh, are real estate agents. You know, I have this, this content 
that is super valuable to them. And uh, I said, you know, I want to be featured and, and uh, you know, give you my RSS feed. And as I drop content, uh, you feed it out to your, your audience. And, uh, you know, that's a big, very complicated uh, company over there. But I but I got to the senior editor and, uh, you know, within three weeks we had a we had something inked up and and we're off and rolling. And as I told you in our pre-chat, um, literally overnight, my downloads uh, doubled. So basically, you know, if that's my business, right, if that's my audience and my audience is my business, you know, literally overnight, you know, my my business doubled. Wow, that is crazy. So now how do you because I know a lot of a lot of podcasters are asking this and I get this question, too. So how do you monetize that? Well, so right. So I mean, okay, so I can answer that with how do I monetize the podcast or how do I monetize that stream? Well, how do you monetize the podcast or is that stream already monetized based on the deal that you made? Right. So so it's interesting. Right. So I monetize the podcast like all podcasts. Right. So you can either you can either have an advertising model uh, and, you know, throw ads on your site, which I just did ads on your podcast, as you know, are linked for the most part to downloads, right? How many, Mm -hmm. it's a CPM model, right? It's, you know, 25 bucks per thousand listeners or downloads or views, um, for a pre-roll then a mid-roll or whatever. Um, so I, I just, you know, I'm only getting about 30,000 downloads to really make that work. You want a hundred thousand downloads a month or more. Um, so what I just did, I just got my first real sponsor and, uh, you know, I explained to them that I had this very, very targeted audience, um, of, of real estate agents. And I just put a number to, it. I said, listen, it's 150 bucks a minute, you know, and you know, you gotta, you gotta give me, uh, you know, 24 minutes th- throughout the month. And, and they said, okay. And one of the, with the, with the, how the distribution deal helped that <clears throat> is when I, it, well, is this, I said, Hey, listen, I will promise you that I'll roll at least one of your ads on uh, one of those episodes that streams through NAR. Now that they, that meant a lot to them. And it meant a lot to them because NAR, ha- NAR, forget about my audience, is 30000 a month. Now, we are growing. Um, last month, we did 20000 This month, you know, we, we did th- are going to do thirty. But when I'm tapping into NAR's audience, they get f- about 380000 uniques a month. And our content, Ross, is uh, – Vern, sorry. I'm looking at you. Now I'm looking at your <laughs> Skype name. <laughs> um, uh, our content is evergreen. So one of the things I said, I said, listen, I will make sure that, that your ad will run on one of, those, one of those episodes that we stream through NAR. So for them, they're like, okay, we'll – you know, we'll pay your 150 bucks a minute because, you know, it's going to sit on NAR for forever. And, you know, how, how discoverable is that, especially when, you know, you know, 400,000 people are rolling through that that URL every month. Yeah. In addition, I'm sure all the people that are on your show are going to, you know, they're going to publicize it to their people and use it in their advertising. And then it gets them more attention. And yeah, I'll tell you what, somewhat, somewhat, Vern, because because the deal is the people that I have on my show, these are all very, very high level people, meaning that, you know, most of these people, you know, every every single person I have on my show are easily multimillionaires, number one. Number two, most of them make more than a million bucks a year. So for me in this show, they'll come up. I'm having a hard time getting those kind of people on my, you know, I've, I've dropped 62 episodes so far. Uh, but those people are they, they really actually won't promote it to their to their people uh, for the most part oddly enough they don't care they, they make a ton of money <laughs> yeah, that's true that's you true. know yeah so and then the other the other way I'm monetizing this this show is I'm creating you know just like other podcasts I'm creating digital content that that speaks to these agents you know real estate for, for the most part is broken right it's it's if you want to be successful in real estate it's the same today in most ways as it was uh, you know in the 70s right you buy a book, you hire a coach, you go to a seminar. So we are changing that. We are bringing, we're bringing these fresh voices in this new medium uh, to these aspiring agents in my audience. And, you know, again, everybody, there are trainers out there hawking their products. Um, Mike Ferry's been out there doing it for a long time. There's, there's a few names that have been doing it for forever. Their, their content is stale. So you know, we are cre- I'm creating a right now a digital. Uh, a, a, it's a digital product, but it is on lead generation. It's what and, and it is basically it's what is working in 2014 right now. Whereas you can buy mine, uh, and I've not launched it yet, and that's why I'm really focusing on the Facebook ads. Or you can go and buy Mike Ferry's, but again, he hasn't changed his content in 15 years. 
So hopefully, hopefully people, you know, are going to migrate to my stuff more so than, you know, the, the older stuff that, that has been sitting on Mike's shelf for the last decade. Right. So, you know, when you, when you talk about real estate agents and lead generation, I guess with any business and well, especially with any business lead generation is, I mean, that's the key to your business. That's everything. No matter what you're doing. Yeah. What's, what's a lead generation tip? What's something that you give that that's universal and not, not necessarily geared towards real estate agents, but what's something that you do or that you would recommend that people do as far as lead generation is concerned? I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you two things really. So number one, number one, if I look at my career, right. And I'll, again, I'll talk through that lens, you know, all, most of the opportunities that come to me come to me from my sphere. Most of most of the time, when you have a business, whatever it is, whether it's real estate or you clean carpets, you know, most of the, the your repeat business is going. There are going to be referrals. There are going to be people in your sphere. So I would say you do. Everybody out there has a sphere. They have a network. They don't know. Some people go, I don't know anybody. I only have 35 people in my network. I'm like, oh, you're so wrong You're because you're thinking about it wrong. <clears throat> your network, you have your network, right? Certainly, Vern, you're in my network, but are you in my sphere of influence? Mm, maybe somewhat. Maybe you're really on the fringes because we are in that same group together, right? Can I influence you? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, you, maybe you'll listen to me a little bit <clears throat> because, you know, more so than, than Rick that you just met because we've spent some time together. So I would say go out, call that network and that sphere together. Everybody that you've ever worked with, everybody that you ever have gone to school with, everybody, you know, all your old neighbors, put all those people on a list and whatever you are doing, go out and reach those people, you know, have their names, have their emails, have their phone numbers and sit down and, and every, every six weeks start at A and start calling those numbers, you know, A through C, you know, D through F, however it is. And you'll be amazed that if you did this, one, how much bigger your net will, will grow in a relatively short amount of time. Uh, and number two, how much business is in your sphere? Because listen, let's say that, let's say it's impossible even if you just parachuted into a new city, you already have at least 10 people that you know. Now, let's assume, and that's, not, that's obviously not a big network, but let's assume those 10 people knew 10 people, right? So now those 10 people you know, you actually can influence or you can market yourself peripherally uh, to 100 people. What if you knew 100 and everybody knew 100? I mean, it's, it's just great. So, so that's what I would say, number one, if you want to be successful in whatever business you're doing, enhance your sphere, enhance your network, reach out to your network and, uh, and, and talk to them. Yeah, it's it's um it's funny that you say it the way that you do because I'm working on a um, I'm actually working on a product a digital product because uh, I get a lot of questions about referrals on how to actually effectively get referrals and one of the big things I focus on is picking up the phone right you got to pick up the phone and you got to call people and you got to let them know what you're doing and you can't depend on email and I, I love LinkedIn and I'm you know I'm a social guy so LinkedIn Facebook. Twitter, all of it's great. And I meet a lot of people that way, but the real connections come either on the phone or offline. 100% agree. Yeah, that's, uh, that is that is interesting. So now what what else are you working on right now? Well, um, I mean, look, uh, as, a, as again, I I'm keep pointing back to our pre-chat. <clears throat> we chatted a few minutes, but uh, so 95% of my my energy right now is going into this podcast. Right now, the the other five, you know, I'm still, you know, I still have property. I still, you know, B and T will still do some deals. Mm -hmm. um, I actually have an interest, uh, oddly enough, um, in a, a little a different construction company. It's a very one of the things I like to do is is niche down. I, I niche down on everything that I do. And uh, so uh, I saw uh, 20, 20 months ago or so, I, I saw an opportunity uh, around there's a certain kind of um, a, um, home finance program. It's, uh, it's called a home remodel called 203K. And basically, this 203K is up in it's – a, it's a specific program. If you – let's say that you want to go – you want to do – you want to um, expand your house by 1,000 square feet. And throw in a new kitchen. It's a hundred grand. Well, you don't have a hundred grand, and you can't you can't you know tap into your line of credit with this two hundred three k loan. You can go to the bank and say, hey, listen, I want I need a hundred grand for this two hundred three k because I want a, a thousand square feet and update my kitchen. And with this loan, they'll give you this loan at at a hundred and ten percent of your future value, right? So mm -hmm. normally. If you go to a bank, if you go to a bank and say, listen, I want to borrow $10,000, <clears> you know, they want to see that you have enough equity in your house, right? <clears throat> what, yeah. this, the, what this loan will do, it will give you what it will be the value when it's done. So it's a very, it's very popular in Northern California. 
Uh, I'm in San Diego, uh, and I so I saw this trend, uh, you know, uh, up and running. So I went and formed a little company. It's called Mayfield Renovation. And uh, again, going back to the whole, you know, B two B, I'm I'm working with some uh, some loan guys, and I'm saying, you know, I said I'm I'm pitching myself to them, as you know, hey, I want to be the the two or three king in san diego so right. I, I you know i'm always doing a bunch of different things <laughs> that is interesting so jumping back to real estate uh, i know a bunch of real estate agents and you know i've had some interesting conversations with them because i'll say well you know what kind of houses do you sell you know what what's the what's the price range and most of them if not all matter of fact all of them they sell homes within the, you know, from the low 60s, 70s, 80s. This is Missouri, you know, home prices. Got it. To, you know, 120s, 150s. Maybe every now and then they may sell a, a house close to the 180s, 190s. But none of them can seem to break into that, you know, half a million, million dollar home where they're actually making real money. For the most part, they're just clerking houses and making a sort of decent living. Yep. How do how do you bridge that gap from, you know, kind of mid-range stuff that you're doing to bigger deals? You have to be intentional, right? Now, and this this is not just for real estate agents. It's for whatever, right? You have to be intentional about what you want to do, right? If you want to be the the million dollar guy, like so, I'm in San Diego, right? So so our average house price is four hundred ish. Uh, and you have to, you know, and so 400, it gets you like a, a little, you know, three bedroom, one bath, you know, at, you get it at 750, you get a relatively nice house. And then once you get up to a million bucks, you know, it's like, you're like, hey, that's a pretty nice house. Anyhow. So, but if you want to be the, the million dollar guy, or you want to be the $500,000 guy in your market, you have to be intentional about that. Meaning that you have to, everything you do has to, you have to craft your brand around that audience. Right. So, and you have, and, and again, niche down. So if your guys can't really nail it down, they're, they're just here and there and they're going out and saying, listen, I'm, I sell real estate. They, they should be selling. I sell waterfront real estate, you know, in, in the Northern part of the city, mm-hmm. niche down, pick a zip code, pick, pick, you know, pick a section of 1000 houses that you want to for sure target and market and win and dominate. And once you pick that thousand houses, right. Just what you said, you know, you need to have a three prong approach. You really need to prospect for that. Right. So you need to go out, uh, you need to do inbounds, get their phone numbers, call those people. You need to go, you know, one step deeper. You need, you need to go knock on your door and say, Hey Vern, you know, I just took over this area. You know, I don't, I don't know if you know anybody that you can rely on around real estate questions, but I would love to be that guy. Right. You have to eat where they eat. Right. Shop where they shop. Meet them in their native environment. Be deliberate about what you want to achieve. And again, that goes for not only real estate, whatever it is. Right. You need to live. You need to you need you need to be in that environment as much as you can. That is a ton of information. I hope I hope you guys actually like go back and listen to that, because that that is a step by step approach on how to go from one level to the next. I mean, just about anything that you're doing. Totally. Yep. So I think it's interesting that um, you've built real businesses. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people online and and I, I know some people are going to get pissed at me for saying it, but it's one thing to build a business and make a little money with an information product. It's, it's you know, hard, to, hard enough to do, but it's not impossible. There are a lot of guys online that do it. Some products are good. Some are crappy. Yep. But when you build a real business, I think there are lessons that you learn from that that you can take and apply online. What's what's something that you see that people seem to miss with their information products that from a real business perspective, you just could not get away with the gap that they are not filling? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I don't, I'm not sure how to answer that. I mean, I, maybe I'll get to the answer by just by just poking around at it. But I think, you know, look, I mean, so that that first company I built, the first real one that, that hit B&T, you know, in two years, you know, we had uh, 58 people. Right. Mm-hmm. So we had 58 people. Um, and when you have, and that's a big, big difference between, I see, I see, I'm not going to say names, but, but some of the people that we know, I mean, some of the people we know are actually making good money yeah. building their business. I don't think it's going to be sustainable. Right. So, so one of the big differences, it's a, it's a one thing, dude, seriously to wake up on Monday morning or go to bed on Sunday night and knowing that you have to deploy 58 people. Now I didn't have a shop. I didn't have a store that, you know, everybody just clocked in at nine o'clock. I had guys all over the county doing stuff. Now with that business, so there's liability with that. You know, I'm, and I and there's equipment. So you have to buy equipment. You have to buy trucks. You know, you have to make sure that uh, nobody's getting hurt. 
and with that particular business, right? This, uh, what I was saying earlier about the holes in the gutter that, right? They're called storm drains. Whenever, for me, whenever there was like a little, it, it, the, we could not let any dirt get down those. Like when I say any dirt, I'm talking about the like. Look at your fingernail. If a piece of dirt that big went down, that's a ten thousand dollar fine to me. Oh my god! So, so every day, man, I was, I was, I, I mean, I could be, I could have a million dollars worth of fines at the end of the any given day. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, you know, I would during our busy months, man, I would like I would lose weight, man. It was it, I, it would affect my body. So I think that, you know, just digital products and real stuff like that, you know, having people that you need to get to certain places, get stuff done on a certain time, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, as well as, you know, if you can't if you can't. P- properly motivate your employees to get the job done in, in, you know, an appropriate amount of time, right? You're, you're going to lose money. You know, digital products is not like that. You know, where, what's, there's no deadline. There's no downside. So, you know, I don't know that there's something that I've learned that, that I could help somebody do a, di- a digital product better, but other than just being, you know, that's, you know, run it like a business, right? Outsource, you know, you know, outsource stuff, right? Just, you know, hire employees. You know, don't be cheap. Go hire VA, Right. If you want to if you want to run, if you want to build a business that just happens to be online instead of in the real world, you know, you got to treat it like that. Right. You know, structure it properly, Um, you know, hire some help and, you know, hire the right help and outsource. Play to your strengths, outsource your weaknesses. Speaking of outsourcing your weaknesses, this is a perfect time to talk about our sponsor due to mobile. So when you look at a website and you start thinking mobile versus a mobile app, mobile website versus mobile app, you have to look at cost and you also have to look at changes. How often can I change this app? If something changes on my website, like hours or something else like that, menus, anything that you want to change, how easy is it going to be to change it? When you have a mobile website built with Duda Mobile, all you have to do is make the change on your website and the mobile website is updated automatically. It's brilliant. It's a really great feature and I love it. If you happen to want a multi-screen experience and you go to dudamobile.com and you click on multi-screen, you're going to go over to Duda One. There's two templates there. They just plug your site right into the templates and it makes it look amazing. You guys really should check it out and it's free to try. So just go out to dotomobile.com and enter your web address. Check it out and see what your site looks like on mobile. And remember, if you sign up, you can save $15 on an annual subscription with promo code ROSS15 or in the multi-screen experience, promo code ROSS20. Thanks a lot and let's get back to the interview. So now with with you saying that, and you're, I know you're putting together a couple digital products. Are you doing all the work on your own or have you hired VAs to do like some of the stuff that you're doing? Yeah, so I have a I have a I have a part-time VA that I just I she's I I, I might move her to full-time. She just seems slow to me right now, man. Um, so what I, I have her doing some, all my social stuff, and then uh, yeah, so I'm hiring out all the different pieces, right? I'm not a technical guy, so you know we uploaded a wishlist member for the membership site. I hired a you know a professional wishlist person. Um, so yeah, I'm again, I'm 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 for sure doing that. You know, I'm I'm playing to my strengths and outsourcing my weaknesses as well as you know. I'm just, you know, with my regular VA, you know, I'm just, I'm just duplicating myself, right? I need to get new guests. I need to, you know, look, I'll say it this way in real estate. One of the things that, uh, cause I, I actually do some coaching as well mm-hmm. for real estate. So, so, you know, it's a common saying, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, focus on your daily dollar productive activities. So I'm constantly looking at what I'm doing and saying, listen, is this my most dollar productive thing I can be doing right now. And if it's not, you know, I, I, I outsource it or I take it off the list. Well, that's interesting. A daily dollar activity. What? So that's basically focusing on uh, income producing opportunities, basically. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. So, you know, for real estate agents, you know, it, it's, you know, it, it, prospecting is, is more important than, you know, uh, than uh, going through the paperwork, right? Um, transaction coordination. So you know, if you know that uh, if you know that every time you sell a, a house, you're going to make five thousand um, dollars, you probably shouldn't be spending half your day, uh, you know, messing with the transaction coordination stuff, all the paperwork. You know, pay somebody five hundred bucks and outsource that because you know only you know only you right. So you can replicate yourself there on the back end, the work, the just the dog work, but you cannot. Nobody's going to rep, be able to replicate you and your sales skills and your prospecting skills. And nobody's going to care as much. You know, I um I was thinking about and just going going through this and you know just thinking about what kind of questions to ask you because I. 
I think that when you get somebody like you on a podcast, it, it's really valuable to get information that because people don't have access to people like you all the time. I mean, and you, I, you don't, I don't want to pat yourself on the back, but huh. I mean, you've done a very significant thing that not a lot of people do. You've raised money, you've raised millions, you've built you yeah. know, multi-million dollar companies, you're an angel investor, you do all this stuff. How does, how does someone change their mindset? Because it has to be a mindset thing. It can't just be, oh, well, you know, Toby's just lucky and you know, right. he's, he's done this. What, what kind of mindset do you start like the day with? What what pushes you to move towards opportunities and actually be open to the stuff that exists out there? Because I think that's where a lot of people have the disconnect is they know they want to do something, but they just, they're afraid to make that move because of the risk that's involved. So how do you, you know, how do you get around? That? Right, right, right. You, there's a lot of, you just asked a bunch of different questions. Yeah, they're no all idea. good. <laughs> that's right. That's a good question. But so look, so, I mean, I think, I think number one, right. You need to know your why, why are you doing what you're doing? Right. And, and you know, people, people, a lot of times will, they will start with the end. They'll say, Hey, I want to be a millionaire. Okay. That's fine. Why do you want to do that? Because I, I can guarantee you, whatever you start, it's going to get so hard that you're going to quit unless you know your why, right? Being a millionaire is not a why that's a goal. What do you want to do once you become a millionaire? And like for me, Vern, you know, I always knew that I wanted to be successful. I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. I grew up, you know, like, you know, my family's poor, didn't have money. I knew that I wanted something more. So, you know, I was the guy, you know, when in college, I mean, look, you know, one of my first businesses uh, where I had, you know, employees, I had 10 employees was in college and I started painting houses and, uh, you know, I would, I would paint in the summer. And, uh, and again, I had a team, I had three crews of three people. Um, and, uh, and then I would, I would just hang out for the, for the winter, for the school. And I was, you know, I would make, I was making 10 grand a month when I was in college. Right. So, so when, you know, from, you know, I had that business, I was making some money. I had, you know, responsibilities of those people, right. When you have employees, that's how they feed themselves, right. So they put gas in the car and all that stuff. So, you know, I, you know, having that responsibility on me pushed me to, to try to be as, as good as I could be. So I was the guy, you know, my friends, you know, my roommates were, would come home at two in the morning. Uh, and you know, they'd cat, you know, they'd come home and I'm in my bed, you know, reading Anthony Robbins, you know, waking the giant within. Right. So uh, for me, like my, I put a lot of focus on personal development very early on. Right. I'm like when I was 18, 19 and, and, uh, and I, I've had a lot, I've had a, a wins. Right. So I knew I, and this, this comes back to, you mentioned it risk, right. People are scared. I have a super, super high tolerance for risk, a very, very high tolerance for risk. That high tolerance for risk is one of the things that has allowed me to be as, as you know, reach the level of success that I am at because I, you know, I will throw a million dollars at a deal and if I lose it, that's going to hurt. Uh, but you know, but I will do it right. Most people just dip their toes in the water. Oh, that's a pretty good idea. I'll, I'll give you a thousand. I'll give you 10,000. I'll maybe, you know, I'll give you a hundred thousand. Right. <clears throat> but th there's plenty of deals that I've taken a million dollars of my money and thrown it at something. Right. In fact, I just did a deal. I lost four hundred thousand dollars of my money, like late, uh, late twenty twelve, early twenty thirteen. That hurt, you know. That hurt, but uh, you know, I didn't lose that much sleep over it. And look, and here's why I'm able to take risk is because I know that I can make money. I know, right? If I can make ten thousand dollars a month when I was in college, I know no, no matter what I do, I'm I, I will never, you know, me and my I have three kids and a wife, you know, and and, and two dogs. Um, you know, I know nobody's going to go hungry. I know that I can make money. So that mindset of, of, of that belief in myself that I, no matter where I'm at or what I do, what situation I get myself in, I, I can, I can pay my bills at, at some, I may not be able to live at the house I live at today. Right. Uh, if I'm making, you know, 10 grand a month, but you know, I can, I can do it. You know, I, again, I don't know if that was a great answer. Yeah, I think it was, question, a, I think it was a great answer. And you, you mentioned a couple things that I think are significant. Number one was the first thing in, in college, starting the, the painting business. I've actually heard that story before, but I'm pretty sure my audience hasn't. How did you come up with the idea to paint houses in college? Well, you know, look, so, so uh, I'll briefly, you know, so 
my dad was a contractor. He was, he was, a, he was a general contractor. So, you know, I, the way that just my family was, right? So I'd go to school, you know, I'd be seventh grade, and I had to go to, in the summertime, I had to go to work with my dad. So, so you know, when I got to college, uh, you know, I, I knew that I didn't want to be in debt. I, I saw, you know, other people graduating with a ton of debt. I didn't want to be like that. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I looked around and said, what, what can I do? And, I, and, I, and I, to be honest with you, I think... I don't know how I, I don't know if I got a deal first. I don't think I did. I think I just, I said, Hey, you know what? I'm, I, what skills do I have? I know, you know, I was waiting tables and I knew that, you know, making a hundred bucks in tips, you know, three days a week was not, not going to get me anywhere. Um, so I just buckled down and I said, Hey, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to beta test it really. Right. So I'm going to say, Hey, I'm going to go see if I can get jobs. And that's what I did. I, you know, I took, uh, I, I found, right. Just like I was saying, um, uh, about, uh, that your person should know the, a market that they're going to attack. I went, drove around town, found a market that I said, okay, this is, this is, an area that's older, this, these neighborhoods need some paint, and they look like they have money. It also looks like there's not going to be a lot of renters in this area. So I determined an area, and I tested it. I went door to door and said, "Hey, listen, I'm painting houses. You know, can I give you a, a free estimate?" And uh, and I literally the first day out, this guy's like, "Yeah, you can give me an estimate." I came the next weekend, booked the job. Boom! Now I have a three thousand dollar job, and then I just kept replicating that. So I knew number one, and, and by the way, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't paint them then. I said, that's fine. I'm in school. Uh, and I started like in December in the, on the Christmas break. I said, I, I have to schedule this for, for June when I get out of school. And everybody's like, okay, that's no problems. So, so basically, <laughs> right. Crazy. So I just, so I just booked jobs. I just booked jobs. I just booked jobs. And then all of a sudden I knew that I had, you know, $30,000 worth of work in the pipeline. So then I was felt comfortable enough to saying, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go borrow some money and make an investment in some used painting gear. I knew I had work to do. So, so anyhow, again, I just took whatever skill set that I had, which I knew that I could paint houses and, uh, and tested it. And, you know, I obviously, you know, once you get one job, you get two. Um, I knew, I knew had a good, a good run at it. So when you, you went out and you, you said when, if you go back for a second, you said, so I just went out and I booked jobs. I think that is where a lot of people get stuck because, you know, I talked to a guy the other day and he goes, yeah, man, I've got this video product that I just bought and it's awesome for creating YouTube videos. You know, the only problem is I can't find any business. And I'm like, well, what are you doing to find the business? And he goes, well, I've been emailing people and, you know, connecting with people on Facebook. And I'm like, well, have you gone to any of your local businesses and just went in and talked to the owner and asked if they wanted video, if they knew how powerful video was, have you done any of that? And he goes, well, no, because, you know, I mean, you're walking into somebody's business and, you know, I don't know necessarily what to say. And I'm like, it's the same thing you say in email. But I think that's where people ha struggle is going out and making the sales calls. Amazing. Amazing, man. And, and look, and, and, and this goes back to mindset. Why are you struggling? Right. Because you feel like you're a solicitor or, you, you know, look, if you had the cure to cancer and, and you, you know, and you knew that you could save people's lives, you would have no problems breaking, kicking down any door at, at any business going, listen, I have the cure for cancer. You know, let me deliver it to you. Right. So it, it, it's a mindset of people thinking they're second guessing themselves. Maybe my product isn't very good or you, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. I'm not sure what kind of a mindset that you have to be in where you won't pitch your product. Now, here's the deal. And that guy probably did something wrong. He didn't. He, he didn't test it. Right. He says he's got a great product. I don't know if it's a good product, but if it's great, you know, he should have had a, you know other testimonials where people used it and and confirmed that it was great. And if he had that. Right. It would be a pretty easy thing just to go. Look. I'll tell you a quick story going back to BNT. I don't know why I'm talking BNT so much on this. I, I tested that, that model, right? I, I saw this opportunity that opened up, and here's what I did. I never had seen the stuff in real life. I ordered a book online. I read about it, and then I started calling big companies. I called The first company I got a meeting was with a billion-dollar company. It's called Rudolph and & Sletton, and I, I called them. And I said, listen, you know, I know these new laws are coming on their books. I would love to come in and talk to you about some of the challenges you were having, right? So I was actually just going to pull them. And they said, okay, fine. So we booked a date. I thought I was going to talk to two guys. I walk into a room. There's 35 people in there, <laughs> right? I'm like, holy crap. I thought I was going to get, you know, skinned and, and, and tarred, right? But, but I, I could feel in the room, like in five minutes, I knew more than they did. And, uh, and I didn't have a contractor's license. I didn't have insurance. I didn't even have a truck, 
I didn't have, I, I didn't even know where to buy the stuff because you can't <laughs> buy it at Home Depot. But basically, I pitched. I, you know, I didn't pitch. I just talked to them about about my knowledge, about what I knew. And I walked out of that room. And uh, when I was walking out, a guy pulled me aside and said, "Hey, do you want to do my project?" And it was a it was a forty six thousand dollar project. I did it in a week uh, with hiring Home Depot guys. You know, a bunch of you know guys that couldn't speak English half the time. Um, and I made like twenty three or twenty six thousand bucks from that in one oh, week. Oh wow, that is crazy. So, so yeah, yeah it's take, just taking risk. Take action, right? Take action. What's the, you know, what is the deal? You know, and I look, I've been in situations where I'm going into scary meetings, right? Meetings that scared me for whatever reason and meetings that seriously that I'm like, I'm just going to turn my car around. I'm not going to even show up. Um, and I, and like, for me, I just, I think about, I'm like, Oh, what's the worst that can happen? Right. You know, all they can do is say no. You know, and, and sometimes that's not enough. You know, then I go, well, listen, are they going to beat me up? Are they going to beat me up, physically beat me up? And if they're not going to physically beat me up, I'm just going to go to that meeting and see what happens. And, and, and look, a positive outcome, something positive comes right with that. You know, even if even if you don't get the deal, you know, you face your fears and, you, and, you, and you're, you know, you're you're one step stronger uh, when you get to another scary meeting. Right. That is interesting. So you mentioned in college you were reading Awaken the Giant Within with Tony Robbins. I've got that on my shelf. I think I still have the the cassettes somewhere around that. Oh house. yeah. 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 <laughs> oh yeah. What are you, what are you reading right now? What kind of stuff are you looking at right now that you could recommend people take a look at? You know, look, I don't know. I don't know where people are. Uh, I don't know what your audience looks like, but I, I will tell you. So, so the two books that, that were instrumental for me and one was awaken the giant within, you know, hearing all these stories of people who shouldn't have been able to do it, but did do it. Right. I'm thinking about the, you know, OJ Simpson in particular, I won't tell that story, but you know, that's a good book. And the other thing, the other book that really had a profound long-term impact, uh, was uh, think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. And, you know, and, and what Napoleon does in that, in that book is, you know, he, he, he talks about really how to develop your why. Right. And I, I talked about that a little bit earlier, right. You know what you want, build a burning white hot heat of desire around it, you know, and really visualize it. And I'll tell you a story. Um, my wife was in my office a while back, a few months ago. She picks up an old journal of mine and I hadn't seen this journal in a long time. She said, what's this? I said, I don't know. I pick it up and I look and it was literally like, it's like 10 or 12 years old, right? It was like in the nineties. It was really old. And it was, I listed all my goals and I said, these are my goals. Um, this is what I want to achieve. And this is why this is what I'm going to do. Right. I, I put the thought, the work into outlining my goals, which most people don't do. But then I said, this is why I want to achieve it. And it was amazing. I had not looked at that journal for the last decade or more. And 90% of the things that were on that list that I wrote down, I had achieved. Oh, that is, that is awesome. So like what, what kind of stuff was in there? Um, I don't, I'd have to find it, but it was, it was like, okay, you know, buy a Ferrari, you know, make, you know, be a millionaire, right. Um, help my parents retire. Um, you know, uh, I think there was some travel stuff on there. I, I don't remember exactly all the stuff, but. Well, it sounds like it was an awesome journal. Do you still journal every day? I don't, I probably need to, but I don't. Cause you know, I was listening to, um, I listened to your podcast because I think that. Thank you, man. Oh no, man. I mean, it's, it's a, it's an awesome podcast and I'm, I, I don't like real estate. I'm nowhere near it. I, it's just not my thing. But I think there's valuable lessons to be learned outside of the, whatever industry I'm involved in. And I learned a lot of stuff on your podcast. And, you know, one of the things that you had said was, you know, you got into place and you didn't, and I, I heard the story about the journal and you'd gotten to about 90% of what you wanted to do. But now that you're there, you think that maybe you need to do that again so you can level up yeah. even more. Yeah. So how do, how do you, how do you frame that? What do you, what are the, what's a step that you can give people? Cause I sent out a tweet this weekend or this past weekend about leveling up. It's, you know, it's easy to get to one, you know, level four, level five, but then, you know, when you're at level 10, you you got to go to like 11 and 12 and 15 and you got to you got to really push it up there how do you level up I will tell you so so I'll, I'll tell you two quick stories so I talked with um uh well I'll tell you one so uh, this really I met this really cool guy named David Osborne and I, he's going to come on the show and he's he's our age uh, Vern mm -hmm. and uh he he he's he's a big real estate guy and uh, we so we had a lot in common we actually we, I know a lot of we have a lot of friends in common oddly enough but basically so this guy today, he makes about four million bucks a year, right? And he was stuck in the same situation that I w was in, right? We had set out these goals. 
we had reached them. And then, and then, you know, when you set out goals and you reach them, you kind of plateau, right? You're like, well, there's no more growth there because I don't have a bigger vision. And, uh, and so his big thing was, um, you know, makes about 4 million bucks. He's got like 40 different income sources. He's really very much a, a, a horizontal income guy. And, uh, and he said, well, you know, my goal was a hundred million dollar net worth. He said, that was my goal, hundred million dollars. And he said, but now, you know, that's not driving me. He's like, you know, I think I need to, to level up and make it a billion dollars. And for me, man, I just, you know, I, I, I don't know how to answer your question, basically. I'm, I told you that story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I really don't know how to say, you know, it, it, it goes back to knowing your why. And for me, like, I don't want $100 million. I really, I honestly don't. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, I have the house I want. I have the cars I want. Um, you know, I have a, you know, I have a vacation house in the mountains. I can, you know, I, I live the life that I want, but I, I need to, I, I'm, I'm working right now on trying to develop a new vision and, and really my new vision for me, and this is how I'm leveling up and I'm not really leveling up. I need to level up economically. I need to have slightly bigger goals than, than I have now. Um, but I'm sort of leveling up in terms of my reach of my influence, like on the world. Right. So like with my, my show, you know, I've said, you know, I, I would love to be the, the Tony Robbins of real estate. You know, I want to impact people's lives. So for me, how I'm personally leveling up is with, with that, you know, social impact. Right. So you're just reaching out in a different direction to have yeah. more influence in your market. Right. Instead of just focusing on yourself, you're focusing on broadening your message, you know, sharing your experience and helping to change the lives of real estate agents that want to do better in their industry. Absolutely right. Yep. And uh, that's that's an awesome goal. When speaking speaking of coaching as we wrap this up, I talk to a lot of coaches. I do some business coaching myself. How do you go about soliciting for coaching business? Cuz there's no real doors to knock on for for coaching. It's almost all digital or you've got to know somebody. Yeah, I mean, um so ask me that question one more time, Vern. So like with coaching, how do you yeah. how do you go out and how do you prospect for coaching clients? Well, uh, yeah, so it's, it's unique for me, right? So, so number one, number one, I, I initially said, I only want to coach one day. So I, you know, I, I said, well, I only want to take on four clients. So for me, I just made, it's crazy. I mentioned it on my show I, and I said, Hey, uh, and, and I didn't have any clients that I was actively working with, but I said, Hey, you know, I have uh, one more spot left, you know, if you're interested and, and ba two weeks later I had f my four that I wanted. So if for me, you know, I, I create a, a, I create some scarcity by saying, hey, look, I only have four slots. Um, and then and the other thing I do, obviously, is what a lot of people do. It's nothing unique. But, you know, I offer them a free session. And and I think I'm pretty good at, you know, one of the, I'm not most coaching I found. I don't know what your experience is, but most coaching is for the most part, like an accountability partner, right? Sort right. of like a more deeper. And, and I don't do that. Right? I'm very much a strategic guy. So, so on my complimentary call that I will do with people, you know, I spend an hour with them and I, you know, I honestly care about how I can make their business better. So, uh, so I get into sort of, you know, some of the strategy that I see, I get into some of the tactical stuff that I see with them. And usually, um, you know, uh, there's so much meat there that, you know, that they're like, you know, they're compelled to say, okay, yeah, let's sign up. And I think, you know, lately I think I am going to, to add, I think I'm going to re get to six. I think I, maybe I think you can handle six because my Fridays are pretty open. I was, I was really leaving Friday open because I take a lot of three week or three day, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to do any coaching calls on Fridays, but I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to start to incorporate that in there a little bit. Sweet, sweet. That'll work. Well, Toby, man, it has been a pleasure talking to you, and I think we covered a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of meat here for, for people to grab onto, and just a lot of interesting lessons to learn from your experiences and building real businesses, and now, you know, not that digital and everything online isn't a real business, but a concrete, you know, go-to everyday business. And now you've branched off into the podcasting world and the digital world. You're killing it here, too. So it's, it's a really inspiration to have people like you on the show. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you, you, you taking the time out and having me on. All right, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You got it. See you, bud. All right. Pretty awesome, right? You know, I know I say that all the time, but I mean, this is a good conversation and there's so many gold nuggets for you guys to pick up. I've got two words. Mind blown. Boosh. I mean, literally, it was, you know, some eye-opening things to think about in running a business and looking at opportunities and measuring risk 
and journaling and personal development. There's so many things, so many factors that play into Toby's success. And I think that's what separates people like Toby from most people, which includes me. You know, you have to put yourself on a different level. You have to set goals and then actually work towards those goals. And, you know, mentioning Think and Grow Rich, it's something that a lot of marketers and a lot of people that are in direct sales, oh, well, read Think and Grow Rich and, you know, you'll understand. But, you know, you really do need to read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It is an awesome book. It will change the way that you think about things. If you haven't read it, you need to put that one in your library. Get it on Audible. I'm not an Audible affiliate, but go to Audible. I, you know, listen to Audible every month, but go and check it out. Read that book. It's going to put you on a different path. It really will. Toby covers so many things, but knowing your why, I think is that if you don't take anything else away from this, this, this conversation, take that with you. Know your why. Know what you want to do and why you want to do it and the goals that you want to achieve. Like you said, you know, being being a millionaire is a goal. It's not a why. Why do you want to be a millionaire? You want financial security. Maybe that doesn't take a million dollars. Maybe it only takes 200000 for you to have financial security. Maybe it takes getting some bills and student loans and everything else paid off, and then you can survive and thrive on $60,000 a year. One million may not be your number. 100 million is not his, or a billion is not his. He had a friend that, you know, he wants to make 100 million now, or a billion, which is just insane to think about. But, you know, I mean, hey, (laughs) it's all relative, right? You know, you got a a friend that wants to make 30,000 a year, and you got one that wants to make 30 million. It's pretty much the same just depends on where you are in the timeline but you know when you have a chance to speak with someone who's further down the timeline than you are you should listen to what they have to say he's built businesses and made money and he he made a statement that i think a lot of people don't understand when they first start looking at themselves and going through self-evaluation he has the confidence to know that he can make money because he's done it already and sometimes when we have those successes we talk ourselves out of just how amazing we were when we had those successes and you you know you have to build upon that in college he was able to make thirty thousand dollars in a summer because he went out in the wintertime and booked jobs to paint houses because he knew what he could do and he didn't want to be stuck with the, the debt that he was seeing all his friends have that's amazing I wish more college students were more resourceful like that. I've got a college student right now, and I don't think she's going to be painting houses. I'm not throwing her under the bus. I'm just saying she's not painting any houses. But it's, you know, it's opportunities. It's looking at what you have and making the most of the skills that you have to get what you want. And that is just, you know, it's amazing. It was really inspiring, and it was great to sit down and talk with Toby and just, you know, go over some of the achievements that he's done and the stuff that he's still doing, like the distribution deal for his podcast. I know, you know, some of you guys may not be podcasters that are listening to this. Well, a lot of you guys are not podcasters that listen to this, this podcast, but thinking about how you can spread your message to a wider audience that is going to benefit from what it is that you have to say, whether that be in blog post, whether that's audio, whether that's video, it doesn't really matter what you're doing, but when you think about distributing it to a wider audience, you multiply what you're able to do, and you also can increase the revenue in your business by not having to always, you know, it's one off. It's, you know, one person at a time, and you're touching thousands or hundreds of thousands, but, you know, National Organization is pumping out his podcast to their massive audience. That's huge, and I just wanted to dig into that and share that with you guys, and I'm glad that Toby you know, was willing to share it. Guys, go back, listen to this conversation again. There's so much stuff I'm sure I'm not even covering. But, you know, one of the things that I do want to leave you guys with is journal. You know, journal every day if you can. Write down your goals. Sit down, you know, over a cup of coffee or on a Saturday after a run. After a run is a really good time because your endorphins are going and you've got that runner's high right around three miles. And your brain is firing on all pistons right after a run or right after exercise. So pull out your journal and start writing down information and start writing down ideas that you had on your run. Focus on something. Focus on just one thing. Think about that during your run or during your exercise. And then right after, start writing and journaling about that idea. And you would be surprised 
at the innovation that comes to you during that period of time. I've been doing that lately and it's, it's been blowing my mind. Some of the stuff that I've been writing down that I have to implement. And then the one thing I can say to leave you with, after you listen to this conversation, take action and take massive action. Tony Robbins talks about that. And we talked about Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. Guys, you have to take massive action. And Tony Robbins talks about that so much. When you get an idea, when you have something that you want to implement, take massive action and move on it. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap it up. But before I go, I wanted to make three announcements and actually pretty big announcements. So this Tuesday, I'm going to be speaking at St. Charles Community College, kicking off their speaker series, their summer speaker series, and then it goes all the way until November. But I'm going to be talking about increasing your audience influence with social media. Really interesting subject, and I think you guys will get a lot out of it. So if you can make it out there, click on the image in the show notes that talks about it and you guys will see registration information and it is free to come out to that one so definitely come out to that one i'm also going to be speaking at podcasters movement super excited about that it is a wonderful opportunity thanks jared easley it's crazy i did not expect that to happen so that just happened and then on top of that boom the financial bloggers conference i'm also going to be speaking at that all the details are going to be in the show notes you guys are going to see some little buttons pop up on the website that says i'm speaking at and you know the respective conference so i'm really excited about those two speaking opportunities that are coming up later on in the summer so definitely if you're in dallas or if you are in new orleans check it out it's going to be exciting all right guys i'm going to get out of here really do appreciate you listening to the show and i will see you in the next episode to the house.